Hello and welcome to PlayStation Unchained. I am your host, Neil Bolt, and we are here to talk about all things PlayStation and other stuff, probably about penises, it seems, uh, from the chat beforehand. Uh, I am joined, as ever, by the chillest one of all. It is Ben Hall. I will not cock this up. <laughs> what did you just say? What did you seriously just say? <laughs> Just before we joined in. <laughs> Look, Tim, there's no need to be testy. <laughs> I can double up on Tim, that. you're being a bit ballsy. Womp. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, yeah, uh, I'm also joined by Mr. Tim News. That's all I had this week. I'm really Sorry. sad because that's like what you have this week for like the last five weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I get the week such a blur. I get to Sunday, it's like the kids are being kids, and, and you sit down. You're like, I haven't made any preparations beyond what I already thought about last week, and that's it. I, I promise. If if it ever comes the day I have to do a final one of these podcasts, I will make sure it's the best one ever, Tim. I have the best use of your name. Because I feel like offhand, I could even just say like noon's kids on the block. Uh, you see, I can't say it now. You've done it. Tim Nudies. What I must say is I just have no noon ones to do, give. That's it. Nanny? Nice. Well, now that you, now you don't because you've used the one. <laughs> and joining us for the first time, not, hopefully not the last time, um, not, not the best sort of start here but um <laughs> it is mark kriska how are you doing mark i'm doing well how are you guys thank you for oh, having fantastic. me that's it no problem hey as is tradition when people have not been on here before why don't you tell us a little about yourself in relation to playstation gaming i suppose and well, general stuff too you can tell us about you that's fine <laughs> well see i was born 28 years ago and I, no, i'm just kidding um <laughs> I have always been a PlayStation gamer. That's how I met Tim here. Tim and I are pretty good friends outside of talking and writing and generally everything about video games. So, hashtag. hashtag. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, I've been a PlayStation gamer my whole life. It is my number one system of all time. Uh, so much so that I have a tattoo of PlayStation on me. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, uh, I I want to say I regret it, but I don't. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I also write for a website, Mammoth Gamers. That's how um, I kind of got into the whole industry thing. But uh, other than that, most of my time is just spent playing video games. And that's all I really do. Um, Tim and I met on PS3 back on... Uncharted 2, I believe. Yep. Yeah. Uncharted 2. Wow. And uh, that, like, it, when Uncharted 2 was still a new game. Like, so it's been a really long time. Uh, but I I love PlayStation and everything about PlayStation. And what you guys do over here at PlayStation Universe is amazing. So, yeah. That's pretty much the gist of it. If it's PlayStation, I love it. Splendid. Splendid. Good to hear. Yeah. It's a, I mean, like I say, I think that's pretty much described me for most of my life apart from that you know my 
teenage and childhood romance with Sega. But uh, yeah, it's uh, which ended bitterly. And As a child, I grew up it. loving my Sega. See, I I didn't get into gaming until like N sixty four PS one, um, and I actually asked for N sixty four. I was when I was I like seven years old. Yeah, I was like seven I, years old. Um, and it's it's funny. Tim said he loves the story. It's because it it is the most like poetic like reincarnation story I've ever experienced in my entire life because. <laughs> I asked for an N64 for Christmas. My next door neighbor had one, and uh, I wanted it for Goldeneye. And uh, oh yeah, it's I, the best game ever. Yeah, and that like oh, I'm an no. only, <laughs> and I, uh, I'm an only child, so like I usually could. I don't want to say I like knew that I was going to get this thing, but like I I had a really strong suspicion I was going to get an N64 because that's all I really wanted that year. I pretty much cornered my parents into it. And I remember running downstairs, seeing the big box, waiting till the end, opening it up last, and it being a PlayStation. And I remember vividly be like turning to my parents and being like, I really appreciate this. I'm really sorry for being like this, but this isn't what I wanted. Like, I don't want, like, I, I remember being so scared and so like afraid of being sound, like sounding like a spoiled brat that I was like, I don't think you guys understand that this, I needed this specific thing. And my mom, <laughs> I remember her saying, we'll plug it in. We'll see if you like it. If you don't like it, we'll take it back to the store. The guy at the store said, this system's better than an N64. And I was like, all right, fine, whatever. And then she got me two games, Batman, the arcade game, and Crash Bandicoot. I had no idea what the hell Crash Bandicoot was. So obviously I popped Batman in and it's just a side scroller beat em up game. And I was like, okay, this is, this is all right. This isn't GoldenEye. Then I put Crash Bandicoot in, and literally ever since that moment, I've been a PlayStation kid. Never took the system back, never played anything else, only cared about PlayStation. I started having console wars with my friends in elementary school, because <laughs> he would bring in his, like, and, like, look how cool Star Fox is, and I'm like, screw you, look at Twisted Metal. And, like, ever since then, that's who I was. And then I got a job at uh, a retailer over in America called Target. And I worked in electronics, talking parents out of Xbox 360s and into PlayStation 3s. And I remember vividly one moment being like, I, I was explaining this to a guest. And I was like, the kid might not be very happy when they open it up, but assure them this is the better console. And if you don't like it, you can bring it back. And then it just hit me. I was like, holy shit. I just became that salesman. Yeah. That made me. He told and I... <laughs> So... Um. That's amazing. That. <laughs> That's my PlayStation story. And like, I just hope that there's just one kid out there that I, I created. And then when the PlayStation 28 is out, they're working at a retailer doing the same thing. with. And I'm like, the cycle continues. That PlayStation 28, <laughs> either you're a cynic and you think that Sony's just going to make a console every year for the next 28 years. <laughs> or this person is going to be old as piss. <laughs> <Holy> <laughs> Well, you know, they said they're really close to immortality, so. <laughs> and plus, you know, they might do it by Microsoft, you know? Yeah, they might just skip numbers. Yeah, they might go, like, you know, PS1, PS2, PS3, PS4, PS5, PS6 sounds a little too, I don't know, let's get to 28. <laughs> yeah, because that's worked out really well so far for Xbox. <laughs> if, if I could just change one kid's life, then my life is, my life has meaning. 
<laughs> oh snap! That's how that's how I drop some like, you know, profound knowledge. Uh, you you were you were a key instrument in in the turning of the tide in last generation. That's it's it. true. Without you, PS3 I... would have lost. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. PlayStation 4 wouldn't have had such a strong start. It had nothing to do with Xbox dropping the ball. No. It was all me. <laughs> Xbox dropped the ball because of you. Ooh, they didn't know how to they didn't know how to attack this local kid. Yeah. Doing like this nobody that like <laughs> I, I They tried it. to target him to win him over and forgot this every other person in the universe. Yeah. <laughs> and they were, okay, they, I remember, they were gonna get you on stage, obviously when the PS4 was revealed and they were like, nah, he hasn't got the pulling power, so we'll get a different Mark in. So they got Mark Cerny in, and said, yeah. it, and they just told the whole same story and said that it was him. You know, he quit the yeah. console game while decided he'd work at Target, selling <laughs> selling the PS3 to everyone he could, and the, you know, and it made him understand how to make the perfect PS4. And yeah, the rest is history. So no, sad that you were cheated out. Sad that you were cheated out of such a legacy. They just thought yeah. that. Ironically, Cerny was who... like the translated version of your second well. name. <laughs> I like it though, and but at the same time, like I know my story, and now everybody who listens to the podcast knows my story. So slowly, I'm leaking the real story, and eventually, I will have the glory. Got a leak, nice. <laughs> yeah, just be careful. If you, find, if you find you can't play Crash Bandicoot anymore, you'll know Cerny's listening. <laughs> No, now you can play it everywhere, and it hurts my heart. Yeah, it's just like yeah, keep it up, keep it up. Mark. We'll start, we'll start putting it on Apple phones and everything. <laughs> it's, it's the new Skyrim. Yeah. Crash Bandicoot. Uh, yeah. Oh my god! I, Imagine I Crash Bandicoot it. if it goes to Amazon Echo. Spin, <laughs> spin, spin, spin. Walk forward. Wampa, Wampa fruit. Pick it up. Jump. Stop dying. Jump. Jump! Dark Souls of Gaming! Spin! <laughs> oh, can you imagine having to play the uh, the mile high level with Alexa? <laughs> jump jump like, forward, uh, not that far forward. Back, don't, not jump that, a little no, bit, but not that forward. Jump. Now a long jump. Do a really long jump. No, not that long. <laughs> <laughs> the platform's about to break. Do something! <sighs> I wonder what other games would be weird, like Ninja Gaiden. All of them. Block, block, (laughs) block, 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 parry, block, block. (laughs) Then there's Stop dying. Stop not recognized. (laughs) Jump, jump. No, no, don't jump like that. Jump like this. Other games would be a lot of fun though. Just like Batman. Counter, 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 counter. Okay, I won. Well, I guess you could play uh, Assassin's Creed 1 that way. Oh, counter, definitely. Counter, counter, Yeah, <laughs> Literally every Assassin's Creed up until Origins. Let's do that. Alexa needs to, like, instead of saying counter, you've just got to say, like, comic book phrases that pop up. Pow, boom. pow, boom, pow, <laughs> splat, boom, kabow. Oh, jangles. I'm still pissed oh, that no like... Batman game ever had that as, a, like, a, a DLC. I would yeah, actually yeah. play through the game if I could play through Arkham Knight with all those po- those popping up as you're playing it. Only if it had the music. Yeah, it's Only got if... the music as well. That's why it's DLC, yeah, for <laughs> copyrighted. Well, yeah, well, it just plays the music. There is no sound effects except for, like, <laughs> yeah, instead it's... of, like, punching sounds, it makes it, like, boom, yeah. like, 
those noises. And as, as well. those swells pop up, yeah, the the big like brutish colors, like pow, and like yellow background. That that would have been such a good idea with when they had, like yeah. released the Adam West DLC. Like yeah. that stuff only happens whenever you're running around as Adam West Batman. Uh, uh. I, I know the musical would be exactly the same as the TV show. It would be brilliant. <laughs> oh, fuck it. I'd love it. Burgess Meredith as the Penguin again would just be brilliant. Uh. It would be great. But those are DLC that people would want. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not the DLC they need right now. Oh, brought it around. I like it. Uh, oh, very good. Applause, applause. Yeah, I mean, if they can put fucking liver face in more combat then surely they can do that so yeah well anyway we were talking about something i'm sure around there yeah anyway welcome mark <laughs> that was you. what we were getting to somewhere in there that's it oh so um yeah we're here to talk about the usual stuff uh, as you've probably gathered which is playstation um wasn't really a, a hugely newsworthy week, if I remember. No, was it, was it more whinging about crossplay? Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a lot of that. And beyond that, it was a pretty week. I went to Paris this week, which was nice. Oh, how was and, it? Yeah. It was nice. I went to play Warface, Ooh. which is Crytek's free to play shooter. And that was all right. Yeah. Did it have both faces and some war in it? It had lots of men with faces ready for war. Oh I, my I god! At least it didn't lie. I mean, what I'd say is probably good about it is that it's a very solid version of everything. You know, it's a Call of Duty style shooter. It's a Destiny style raid game, and it's got a battle royale mode. So it's covering all the bases on that front. Um, my main concern will be if they copy what happened on PC, where the it's a bit pay to win in, in later senses. So. But other than that, pretty solid. If it's a free nice. game, I think it could do, could do well. Could do it. And CryEngine running well in beta on a normal PS4 was, was shocking to see. Well, uh, chances are, it, no, it probably works fine in beta, but then breaks as soon as it's released. <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't surprise me. It would not surprise me at all. And um, carry the yeah, one. Um, Dead. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's it's been a rather quiet week as June ends and we we get further away from all the excited buzz of E3 and now we wait for. Oh, the yes, next whole... it's dead. The ramp yes, up it's to the Paris dead. Games Week. <laughs> yeah, because the old Paris Games and Gamescom, of course, in Germany and yeah, and then actual games will come out at some point too uh, again it's, like uh, spider-man like spider-man like the spider-man and the, the cowboys and the other things they will all come out in time and they will be well some of them will be good we'll see which ones in time but we actually had a topic this week which uh, whenever we do have a topic we always seem to make sure that we take as long as possible to get into the meat <laughs> of the show so <laughs> we're in that sense uh, this week's topic is provided by none other than Timothy himself. So, uh, oh, sorry, not Timothy himself, Timothy Noons. Tim. <laughs> Timothy himself is my See? father. <laughs> Please. <laughs> so they call my dad. Okay. I, I call 
some other stuff. I, I got something out of it. Something out of your name this week. There you go. After all. Something yes, out of my name. Yes. Yes. Regale. Uh, well, regale. I can gale. I'll regale. <laughs> regale. Uh, well, it kind of came about because uh, I've been venturing into Wolfenstein, the new P- the new PlayStation games. Not PlayStation, but the the new games. Uh, I just I've never really been into Wolfenstein. You know, it's always been a presence. You know, because gaming. But yeah. I've you know, I, I never really delved too much into it, and I just started, um, what, two weeks ago, I think, and it's been kind of surprising in a very, like, tongue-in-cheek sort of way, hmm. but also in a very, like, political way, too. It's very it's very interesting in that and how it has this quarter dichotomy. So my it, it, this ultimately came about this thought that I was looking for, like, a game that profoundly surprised you, and... The phrasing I used in our Slack conversation, it's like not like, wow, this isn't half bad, but like, shit, what have I been doing with my life? And yeah, I I have a few games differently in that in that genre, but um, yeah, this all came about because of Wolfenstein. Oh, and just just as we talk about it, good timing. Gary is about to join us. Would you believe? So nice. Get Gary in on. And then we could confuse him by telling him something completely different. There you go. Uh, a man with three buttocks. <laughs> no, Neil, that image put is penis good. away. <laughs> oh, quick, Gary's here. Turn the Skype video yeah, we gotta, off. We gotta call this DM so we can slip right in. Oh, <laughs> that, that's my natural thing to do. Yeah, okay. Show me proof. <laughs> Screenshots. Uh, you felt it last night, Tim. Let's be I did. I did. Wow, you have slipped straight into the tone of the show. Yeah. <laughs> I had crocodile that's, tears. That's joy. the tone every day of the show. So you joined us at just the right point because we were just about to go into the topic. Would you believe? Which oh, uh, nice, nice. Which of course, Tim has just Tim has explained that now. So you'll have to imagine what we said and just go with the flow. Yeah, I was hoping that's what you were going to say. <laughs> just go this guess it. Life. You get to go get, first. That's how I go through most of, most of my days. What, going first? <laughs> 16 pumps, man. <laughs> oh, Mark, I got to fill you in on that. But run oh, my. Uh, I'll do that later. <laughs> okay. Sounds good. Oh. Jesus Christ. <laughs> that, yeah, he has too many in here. You wouldn't think it, would you? Oh, Christ. Um, yeah, so, sorry, just give Gary a tiny mini recap and, and just, well, by saying what it was about Wolfenstein particularly felt like it did. Uh, well, Wolfenstein was kind of surprising, and I figured, well, why don't we talk about games that surprised us, but not in that Lord of Light, sort of like, hey, this is interesting, but more in the, holy crap, where have I been all my life sort of way. Ah. <sighs> Summaries. Yeah. I suppose kind of, yeah, kind of like a, a game that affects you in a way that beyond the game yeah, in that regard. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You walk yeah. away and you take it with you. Of course. Uh, Some yeah. way or another. It doesn't have to be Does anything. Does it have to be one game or can we talk about multiple games? Um, I feel games. like complicated uh, yeah, people. Yeah. <laughs> okay, good. Maybe not because... Gary, but, you know, some we're complicated <laughs> people. 
<laughs> well, Gary, if you're saying something like that, I feel like you have enough information to lead us into this topic. I do. What you got? <laughs> I feel like there's one game that's going to be on a lot of people's lists. I'm interested to see if it is. Um, oh, use your suit, Larry. Oh, jeez. No, well, for me, obviously, I mean, the the number one game that did that to me was Near Automata. Oh, um, yes. I went into that game with zero expectations. Um, I got to review that game just because the person who was supposed to review it was no longer with the site, so I kind of just inherited it. Um, and, you know, I finished the game, and I was like, oh, okay, you know, it's good, it's not great. And then I started a second playthrough, and the second playthrough was different. I played with a different character. And I was like, oh, shit, this is completely different. And it was even better the second time around. And then came the third one, and then I was like, holy shit, the third playthrough just changes everything. Um and that game did so much mentally and thoughtfully for me. Um, just so much thought-provoking stuff. And it's all in the small details that they went into. Um, there's a little side quest with these like suicidal robots. And you're just like, what the hell is going on? Why are these robots thinking about suicide? And they're going into this deep thought. And it's like, they're machines. They're not supposed to think this way. And, you know, it, it's one of those games where it just... To me, it left this insane lasting impression of life and what it is. And, you know, we gave machines life and what's going to stop them from creating their own society, their own religion, their own politics. And essentially, this is what this game did. I mean, we saw, you know, the machines start their own religion. Um, we saw them, you know, like I said, Think of, have thoughts of suicide like what's the point of living as a machine you know they started on society and it, it, it just did so much crazy and the big thing for me was actually the end credits of it all where you're flying around in this in a ship like Ikaruga style and you're destroying the credits and the people who made the game and like I know a lot of people took that as one thing I took it as I'm rebelling against my gods. And this is me destroying, you know, the chains they have on me and I'm creating free will for myself. Um, and yeah, that, to me, that game just did so much. And it went from a solid maybe six to obviously what I rated at 9.5. Um, and it's one of the greatest games, in my opinion, of this generation. So. I can totally appreciate that. And like to go a little bit further on your speculation, I'd like to say that I did one step further than where you did. Because I didn't really... And, and this is one of those games as well where I, you know, I didn't really know anything and you were playing it and you said, oh, shit, this game is actually pretty sick. You know, it's getting to this point and you started talking a little bit about it. So I, I jumped on the bandwagon, you know, just because <laughs> it, it felt like there was to be a thing. But I honestly felt it was like it was going to be another... Bayonetta game like you know mm -hmm. like the kind of fan servicey but also you know engaging things like that I wasn't expecting it to be near automata and you know all these all these things led up to the end and it it and it wasn't just about you finding yourself as an identity but it was also about you um bringing up your 
group, like not just your group, but your population. Like you need, you, you have the ability not only to help yourself and think for yourself, but help and think for the benefit of others. And after the credits, there's a point where it says that you can, you can offer to help people at the end. Like, because you know, when, when the ending sequence, you have people that come in and help you, uh, yeah. Kill off the, uh, the cast, I guess, uh, the, the, the credits. Mm-hmm. And, and it said, well, you can offer, you can, you know, you can do this too. Like these people came and help you and you can do the same, but, but there's a cost. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, what's this? What can I do? I said, well, it's going to be the cost of your save. I'm like, wait a second. Really? Like this can't be really a thing. <laughs> when I went, okay, okay, sure. And they said, well, hang, no, hang on a second. Before you do this, you need to know that there's no going back. Once you, once you offer up your help, you're done. Like you won't have your save anymore. Are you sure you want to do this? And like, there's no way they're gonna take the save from me. There's no way they're you gonna delete Metal it. Gear. <laughs> <laughs> like, like there's no way they're gonna delete. Like, I already got through this fish and mail thing, and that was ended up being a thing. Like, it ended up not being a real thing. Like they let me keep playing. Like no, this can't be a thing. And then just no, no, hang on. Like seriously, we're super serious about this. You really want to do this? Like, yeah. And I really started to second guess now. I'm like, Yes, and they, they asked a couple more times. Like they really wanted you to be sure that you knew what you were doing, and I, I finally got to that point. Like the last one, where I went, <sighs> I really thought about it. Like I, it wasn't just about, you know, I was committing something already, and I'd already said it. But I was also thinking, like, do I? What am I doing? Like, what am I trying to do with this? Like, am I, am I extending myself? Am I? I'm basically absolving myself of my identity so someone else can carry on mm-hmm. and i said yes and i lost all of my stuff and i watched everything it went from menu to menu screen to screen all the items that i had had <laughs> all of my progress was one by one deleted and i was caught in a limbo between pure disappointment and this high end euphoria and it was the most peculiar feeling I'd ever had. Like, I came out of a game, especially. I'm thinking, like, I basically castrated myself from playing this <laughs> game again. But at the same time, I enabled another person to go farther than they've ever gone. Yeah. I'll never see it. They'll never know it was me. But I helped somebody. Like, I aided somebody at my own expense. And it felt like the closest I could ever be to altruistic in a game. Like, it, that, that shit has just stuck with me. Like, on top of yeah, everything else that game did. Like, that's the one piece of it that really just stuck with me the whole time. It's, it's kind of like, if you look at it, it's like, it's like a self-sacrifice, pretty much. Yeah. You're giving up your life for somebody else to, to survive. Now, can I be a complete dick? Yes. <laughs> penis jokes just now or in general <laughs> uh, could you download the save from ps plus yes so like you can if you had backed it up you would have been totally fine but yeah. i had no foresight on that okay yeah yeah no, yeah you could it, it's just a small like i said the small details of that game just add so much context and yeah like uh, to me like I said, that game, it, it essentially shows you that no matter if humanity's alive or machines 
like you can tell that yeah okay we built the machines right the androids or the aliens came and they summoned like the robots to destroy the humans but then you also saw in that story where you find the crashed spaceship and the aliens are dead in there and you realize that it doesn't really matter who's inheriting what we are always doomed to repeat our history yeah and whether it's mankind whether it's machines who rebelled against the aliens and then you know the androids start to rebel against the machines it, the cycle just repeats and you just can't get away from it and i think that was one of the big points that that game tried to make is it doesn't matter if it's humanity or you know whatever species in like super intelligent species i'm not talking about dogs and cats and stuff but humankind Shut like up. intelligence those are real will... dogs and cats are people gary okay well dogs and cats don't pick up knives and stab each other for no reason they're <laughs> equipped with knives <laughs> they're equipped with knives <laughs> <laughs> but you know what i'm saying like i do what fucking, as... what fucking horror show of animals have you seen <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> You got fucking dogs and cats with just like no claws and just fucking emails. All the animals over here are like beast wars. I don't know what you're talking about. No, don't <laughs> lie to yourself. This isn't Australia. Oh, God, that's right. There's only like two animals here that can kill me. Not all of them. But yeah, they essentially follow in humanity's footsteps and they try to destroy each other and destroy their creators, much as like we're doing now with religion. We're just trying to wipe it out, essentially. Um, so yeah, you see, we are the Walking Dead. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's the big Sorry. one. There are other games. I don't know if you want me to go into them. I can. Well, we'll go around. Yeah. What we'll do? We'll try and give everyone a chance to say something, just in case you step on anyone else's toes with a game. And yeah, you know, we can talk about if someone talks about a game that you talk about, want to talk about, then you can sort of pitch in with what you have. Yeah. Kind of like, what, kind of like uh, what we just did. We crossed streams. Yeah, mm. you crossed the streams. Yes, dangerous, sweaty streams. Oh, oh this has got hotter. Did you, did you shake it twenty times afterwards? <laughs> no. Yeah, <laughs> but there's, after the third time, you know, I felt something. Because no, yeah, the, the way it is at the minute, the way I'm sweating, there's no chance I'd be shaking it out once it's bone dry at this point. <laughs> <laughs> For anyone who doesn't know already, it's really muggy in England. <laughs> yeah, but it's the dry. Kill me. <laughs> oh, gross. Oh, anyway, <laughs> Mark, go for it. Decision oh. time, Mark. So, Tim, you know how I said I was going to make a decision right before I was about to speak? Yeah. Here it is. Uh. Um, and it's none of the games we talked about. Oh, Thank shit. you, Gary, okay. because while you were explaining how you felt during yours, I, for some reason, one, didn't think of this game when Tim sent me the question, and two, um, didn't really, like, I can't believe I forgot about it. And I also can't believe that, I don't know, I'm, I'm like, reeling over just just now remembering this game existed. Um Gary's for, inspiration. He he definitely <laughs> inspired me for this. You're welcome. That's what I do. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the game I'm choosing. Yeah, you inspire something. <laughs> Tim, uh, your first question that you sent me, it kind of like feeds into that one actually. Like it it 
it meets your the question you sent me's requirements uh, because I stumbled upon it, and it's Final Fantasy VII Crisis Core. Yes. Yeah. Um, okay. I didn't back. I already explained my gaming history, uh, how I got into video games. But what I didn't explain is that I've never been a JRPG fan. I didn't know what JRPG really was all the way up until probably mid PS3 era. And that's when I found Final Fantasy VII Crisis Core. Um, I was literally just at a GameStop. I saw this cool looking sword on this box and I was like, let's do this. I haven't played my PSP in a while. Um, And I popped it in and as I was playing it, my friend noticed that I was playing it and it proceeded to explain to me how insane it was that I was playing it with no context. <laughs> but um, after playing it, I now realized. But this game is by far the game that probably changed me most in my entire life. It's the only game I cried during, and by during I mean at the end of. It is the only game that taught me what, like, it didn't even the only game, but it's definitely the game that told me what story was in video games and all this stuff. But it also is the game that made me feel like I actually lost somebody at the end of. I was 100% connected to Zack. At first, I didn't like him. He was just this super positive kid that I just found very annoying, but literally that melts away after like maybe five or six lines after you finally meet Angeal and you see that dynamic between the two. This this kid just wants to be a hero and just wants to be just like Angeal. And then you meet Genesis and you meet Sephiroth and you see these like great heroes, these great soldiers. And then you slowly start seeing them all degrading and you slowly start seeing the corruption that is everywhere in this like organization. And but Zach never loses any of this. He, He always is positive he always thinks that there's going to be a good outcome and then you meet cloud and it's probably this is probably going to anger some people but the only time i've ever liked cloud is pre crisis core this almost exact same positive always looking forward kid that wants to be this hero and sees zach and zach is now the angel to him and like all this like positivity just keeps building and building and then you finally see at the end of the game and i'm sorry for spoilers but um you see these two characters one's completely broken with poisoning and then which is cloud and then there's zach who like embodies the thing that he was hoping for from somebody else he is the hero that saves pretty much everyone that was in this town and also cloud he carries cloud what for seemed like days across going back to uh shinra trying to get him back to help him and like fix him and at the end of the game it is by far the most heartbreaking sequence i've ever played in a video game where you're literally just fighting endless ads until you just stop fighting and die and that cutscene hits and it was I remember getting choked up and I remember getting so like sad and so emotional and then he talks about Aerith being scared of the sky and then I just lost it I 
I couldn't handle it anymore. Then I remember being so like, I need to see what happens to Cloud. I need to know. And unfortunately, that game came out like 10 years before Crisis Core. So like <laughs> none of this translates. And I, I start the game and I hate Cloud. And I'm like, you're not Zach. I'm like, I remember being so angry at Cloud for pretending he was Zach. And then I was like, screw this. And I watched the movie and Cloud's just this like, broken shell of what he used to be because he knows that he's not zach but he also knows that zach's gone and he wants to be like that and then i was so angry and then it wasn't until like i settled down and like looked at the whole thing as a whole and realized that like this is just cloud mourning but cloud feels like i do he like zach is in my opinion the reason that this all happens and you even see that in advent children whenever you see that like him and Aerith like in the church at the end of the, the movie and like that's the kind of stuff that stuck with me I I nothing else loves Zach more than anything else inside of Final Fantasy and that game changed me as a game player just because I I now wanted that emotion out of every game I wanted that hard-hitting like connection with all these characters and i know that in final fantasy 7 the original everyone got that whenever Aerith or eris or however you say her name dies but to me whenever i was playing 7 i was like you bitch you're you're supposed to be zach's girlfriend why are you with cloud <laughs> like so like i was more like good you deserve to die whenever she finally died but then again after it all happened i sat there and i thought like she even mentioned in seven, you remind me of somebody. And I'm like, holy crap. She's talking about Zach. Like, and that's, I'm so upset with myself for when, when Tim sent me this question, I should have immediately jumped to crisis core. It is by far one of my top favorite games. If not, like, it's definitely in the top three, if not two or one, but I, I don't think I'll ever have a game that emotionally hits me like that. Yeah, no, I, I, I envy you, man. I do. Because for me and so many others, we knew Zach's fate because we played 7 beforehand. Mm -hmm. So when I jumped into Crisis Core, I knew the ending. I knew how it was going to end. Like, obviously, just with his death. That's really all I knew. Yeah, so it was but always then, that wall. Yeah, what, uh, seeing how it happened, just like you, it was super. I did. I got. I I, I had some tears coming out too. Yeah. It was a very sad one because you are the one who gives up at the end because you honestly don't have a choice. But like they leave it up to you to give up. It's just like the scene in Metal Gear Solid Three where you're the one who has to pull the trigger to kill the boss. <laughs> so it's not the game that does it. You have to do it. Yeah, like. I remember, I remember playing it. I remember like, when does this end? When do I stop killing these ads? And then I started thinking. I was like, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to give up. Like I, as Zach, as the character, need to be like, all right, I'm done. This is it. And like, it was. I, I wish that there was another game out there that could do that to me. But like those feelings, like, are so specific and so like tied to that character that it's not any other game's fault that they're not making me feel like this but i know that i'm never going to feel like that towards 
anything else. Yeah. No, I, I totally get you, man. Like, yeah, that, that final scene at that at the end of that game was just absolutely heartbreaking. It was. No. But hey, uh, on uh, on the note of Cloud, everybody liked Cloud up until Advent Children came out. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't don't pool everybody into that pool, Gary. Well, <laughs> I've hated Cloud since the beginning. I'm actually part of the reason why I didn't play Seven when I could have. I just couldn't deal with Cloud. But what's really funny about uh, Crisis Core is that I fell in love with the whole concept, everything. And that, that final moment, you know, seeing what Cloud had done, it kind of gave me a little bit of empathy for his, um, for his, for Cloud's emo side. And yeah. I, yeah, so I, it's, it's, it's driven me to want to go back and play seven, but pedantically, me, the, Pedantically, the graphics have been the reason. Yeah, <laughs> pedantically, the graphics have been the reason I haven't gone back. Um, but I am very, very excited for what they want to do with, with the with the, re- with the remake because it feels like they're going to flesh out some things. Because I, I, I basically know the game, you know, because nobody feigns away from spoilers in this industry. Because really, there's no point because the game's a billion years old. <laughs> yeah, but. Yeah, like knowing what the game is, I'd like to see what kind of things they flesh out, what kind of things they explore, what kind of things they alter and change. And like not having that nostalgic anchor to weigh me down going into that has me very excited. I'm I'm also hoping whenever I know it's not like this anymore, but when they first announced a episodic story, I my first thought in, and what I hoped was going to happen was they were just going to incorporate Crisis Core story inside of this and you're going to start off with Zach and then finish the game as cloud. And I, I don't think that's what's going to happen, but I, if I don't get even a cutscene with Zach, like it, my love for Zach is so strong that it's not the main reason, but it's a really strong reason why birth by sleep is my favorite kingdom parts game. Like, <laughs> so you so say like, birth by sleep is, is Gary's favorite mess of it. <laughs> wait yes. so wait, wait oh hold up hold up hold up sorry um is is zach in birth, birth by, sleep? by sleep he is he's in uh so you know how cloud is the in like the um coliseum areas in the other kingdom hearts games or yeah in the other in the first kingdom hearts game at least yeah uh it's since birth by sleep is prior to Kingdom Hearts, it's Zach instead. Oh boy, spoiler alert! Yeah, that makes me. <laughs> to be fair, though, it's not really a. I know I've said it, this it's before. A, it's motivation. Saying, but yeah, if yeah. it's it's not a spoiler, if it keeps you, if you gets you to the material. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, he and it and it's Zach, like same voice actor, same everything, like. So I I remember hitting the Coliseum and seeing Zach and my everything that was happening in Birth by Sleep is probably one of the best, if not my favorite and the best Kingdom Hearts game. And I remember hitting there and I was like, yes, I don't care what's happening. It's Zach. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, well, to, to lift your spirits, Square did say uh, that Zach and Aerith are going to be hev- a lot more heavily incorporated into the story of Remake. So. Yes. I don't care what they do to that game then. <laughs> I, like, they, they have my seal of approval. <laughs> but, but this was before they changed 
to in-house development, so who knows what's happening now. I think I was just more scared that Square Enix forgot that Zack was a character. So <laughs> since they mentioned them so so recently, then I'm good. They better not get rid of the cross-dressing scene there. That was... No, they won't. They, yeah, they, they they said that they're having it in there for sure. That's good. Yeah. Female cloud. That's my motivation right there. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was that was my gaming thing. That's very cool. Very nice. Then I suppose we move to Ben. I really can't think of one for me, to be honest. <laughs> I know that sounds heartless, but for me, I've never really had that sort of connection with the game, and I'm really. Yeah. Um, what about excuse 14? me? Excuse Journey. me, Ben. Commander Cherry. <laughs> <laughs> what the... Commander what? <laughs> that's, more, that's, that's more of a physical connection. <laughs> <laughs> it's a connection. <laughs> that's not an emotional connection. That's like a a one night stand connection. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ben, what about fourteen? I know you've spoken at uh, length about that. It has affected me a lot, and I do love the game, but as as you can tell, I have talked a lot about it on all different casts, so that would know, be my still, game. That is the fact, yeah, I mean, but look, everything you do yeah. is affected by it, is it not? So it is yeah. very profound to you in that respect. Oh, it is, but at the same time, it, I didn't want to... It's shaped a lot. It, it's why you're here now, oh, in, yeah. in a lot of ways. So, you know, it's... I would that, be that crazy without it. Profound. You'd be... <sighs> Crazy without it. Yeah, God fine. knows what. That's <laughs> saying something. <laughs> uh, but uh, I, uh, the story of fourteen and it's the community more than anything. I love the community. I love oh, yeah. being part of it, and I love the fans of the game, and I enjoy participating in content on it. Uh, but yeah, it has affected me a lot. Uh, it's chased me as a person. It's I don't know. It's, I'm not very yeah, I mean, good with this sort of thing. To- you go to other countries to, yeah. to meet people, yeah. yeah. And I mean that—that's a big impact for a game to have. Oh yeah. I mean, much as I love Tim, and we had this shared lot of Metal Gear Solid Two. You know, I'm not going <laughs> to travel across the country just to talk about it. But, uh, <laughs> mainly because it's a lot easier way of doing it, <laughs> and it's not so costly. <laughs> I got yeah, to meet Gary because of it. The same room. Yeah. Exactly. Video chat, no well, problem. <laughs> well, Ben never told you guys this, but he really, in reality, bought the ticket to come see me. So, yeah. <laughs> it's like Keep Gary's going to FanFest. Uh, I've got to go now. Uh, no, it was nice meeting Gary there. That was great. Uh, and it was nice okay. meeting everyone there, really, to be honest. Klaus, say, uh, I, I, I still remember I was in the queue. And I was chatting to someone, and then Flatus jumped me, saying, "Oh my God, it's chilly!" I went, like, "What?" All because he could. Un- yeah, I was the only British person there. <laughs> <laughs> you had some people hitting on you too because of your accent. Yeah. yeah, that's a lie. Gary was there. He knows. Yeah, he was one of them. Yeah, <laughs> I took you to dinner. Yeah, he did. Oh. <laughs> Bad UTs. <laughs> and then uh, I had that hooker hit yeah. on me on the way back. Oh, yeah. Did I tell me that, Gary? I can't remember. Oh, you told me, yeah. yeah. You messaged me, you told me. I, I, I think you might have been on this very podcast. <laughs> 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 At least twice. Yeah. So, yeah. 
but yeah, I, I love the game, but as much as it affected me personally, I'm just not great at talking about stuff like this. Well, it's understandable. Yeah. yeah. I, I think I'm, I could say the same about certain games. I could explain some of the reasons why a game might be profound or have an effect, but yeah. some of it just yeah digs it, hits a little too close to stuff you don't really want to discuss yeah. Yeah, as well, which, yeah, that's... Um, which I suppose brings me to the one, the most obvious one I, I, I had to think of, which was, of course, what remains of Edith Finch. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, which... oh, I was going to say XCOM for a second, then I was going to facepalm. <laughs> you... <laughs> you are so lucky. You are so lucky. Because before we even got this far, my first thing was, I'm going to talk about Pez. Pez is going to be my first one. We're going to go all about why this football game is the best thing. <laughs> To be fair, though, you know. I'm still gunning, but just not yet. Um, <laughs> Next round. Next round. Next round. Uh, yeah, that's my knockout play. That one will get there. Uh, I mean, we, we did a whole podcast on, on why what remains of Finch was uh, so effective and so profound. And so I will, I will say that much that if you want to know more about what we felt including my feelings on that that podcast is there if you search on our feed uh, or even search on PSU itself uh, because it, it's up there as well but yeah just you know you I've played a lot of games like that where you know it's you're not your first person adventures with all of them you know where you're going for a story experiencing but it's just it just constantly just took it places I just did not expect it to, and both in terms of mechanics and in terms of you know, the story. And I was told, and as we discussed him on that podcast, it, it just it stings in places. And uh, there were certain scenes that just, just yeah, that came at a time where it, was, it sort of kicked in on some very raw emotions for of, uh, not just for me, as I said, but. Um, yeah, and it's why it's a game uh, to this day. It's why it came up in my head first when we were talking about this because it's the first thing I think of in modern times that really had, I mean, that much of an impact. The fact that I can still think about it well, well beyond playing it because of what it made me think about and what it helped with as well. I think it was the main thing um, because. There, there are other games that you know can sort of jab at you emotionally and get a rise out of you. I, I, I think of The Walking Dead, the first season of that, which uh, I love it. Oh, yes. And yes, that, that the the final scenes get me every every bloody time, and it worse you know, since you know, I, I mean when I first played through that, I had a one year old son, and just ever since that, it's just yeah, it just gets worse every time you play it to, to, have to sort of go through it, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, when we were talking earlier about uh, all the Final Fantasy process court and you know, character investment and stuff like that, that was a very good case of just having a character just, you, you really, really, really wanted everything to go right, and yet you know that it's a world where nothing is going to go right because it's just doomed to fail. And even when that series has gone backwards, forwards, left and right in terms of quality, it's always had that allure that, you know, the actual TV series and the comic have kind of lost, I think, as time's gone on. Um, yeah, I, 
I often cite season two as well as of Walking Dead being a lot better than it got gave credit for because of Kenny, who it's the first time again a character where I, he's such a shitbag in so many ways, but you you get to see how he's coming from the right place, and he's doing everything he can, but only with the limited knowledge he has as a person, and he'll make mistakes, he'll fuck up badly, and he'll make angry, horrible insults and gestures, and but in a, what he believes is a well-meaning manner, and it's just like. I, I never thought I'd grow to love a character that, that was so abhorrent in, in so many ways because there's a pity and a, and a sympathy to be had. So I suppose The Walking Dead in general as a series has just you know, on the, the game front has, has done that for me. But, so yeah, sorry. Yeah, so very tiny technical issue there. Um, I was talking about Kenny, so you may have missed something that I said there. Uh, we'll get through that. Kenny, yes. An abhorrent character in so many ways, but also very sympathetic and probably one of the best realized characters in, in video games and deserved a lot more respect for that. I'm surprised he doesn't get more time. I mean, because on the surface, he is just a, a massive redneck racist hick. But, you know, he's also very much more than that. If you actually get the right places and choose the right things, you know, going from game to game. Um, but yeah, as I said, didn't want to sort of jump in with a second game there. And But as we said, we'd already talked about Edith Finch a lot, a lot before. So I thought, you know, I'll, I'll shoot that one in there so I can talk about Pez after we've gone another round. So, Tim, <laughs> it goes to you. Because obviously you, you started this and you, you picked your Wolfenstein, but, you know, there's got to be others. Well, you actually took... Uh... What remains for me, but <laughs> <No>. the, uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I I know we have coverage on it, and I have my review and then a feature that accompanied it. But um, the one thing that it really did was like put a weight behind not handling your issues, like you you, and not just your own issues, but like you know. Uh, pertaining to mental health especially because that was what was going on within the the Finch family like it, it you can't ignore it and you can't deny it because like, that is just perpetuating fate basically you're basically bringing something on yourself and those around you that you don't want on anybody and that that's that was the fate of the entire family like they all had their own little things and like as as somebody who has recently been diagnosed with anxiety and depression, like it it has been a long time coming, and um, yeah, like the 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 constant like, well, it's only today, and it's only this thing, and you know whatever, and like that's that's where it starts, and it gets to the point where you know it might sound like hyperbole if you come out if you go into Edith Finch blindly and you experience it with no background, and you might just say it's hyperbole, but Man, like it's it's so it's such a quick transition between hyperbole and reality when it comes yeah. to these things, um, and it really put a perspective on things that I needed because there were a lot of I I've, I've spent a good part of my life trying to find answers that weren't coming and like I even dedicated a couple years in college to psychology and I got no answers, and there yeah like uh, that game did in an hour and a half what two years of psychology couldn't do. 
um, just give me a, a peace of mind that I needed to keep going, move things forward. So yeah, that, uh, but it's, it's even more like, I know you've talked about the, the mechanics and things like there's just so much individual nuance in that game that it's just, it's hard to ignore. And it's, it's so short. It's one of those things you can just absorb in one sitting, but it's not going to, it's going to be with you well after the hour and a half you spend with it. Well after I, I think about it often over a year now and and it still just plays on my brain all the time in terms of because it's it it covers so many bases as a game it just not only is it as you say it it deals with that very effectively and you know the the personal almost hereditary trauma you know it can be passed down that's you know it's not real in in terms of any proper medical sense, but it's there because you, know, you, you can't escape it at the same time. It's it is something that comes up, and as we found out, you know, that's something that the, the guys behind it had experience in. It made sense. So, but yeah, it's other. It just it works not only as that kind of story. It has good moments as a horror game in, in tiny bits as well, which was just like masterful. It, it has a bit of comedy. It just has some outright. I'm trying to think of like the sort of writer uh, it reminds me of, and then I think no, it's, it's not any one. There's several <laughs> styles. There's several great styles, sort of aped, if you will. And yeah, that's it. That's just the thing. In its short runtime, it does so many things with so, with so little time. And then in both, as we said, in terms of how it does its story and how it presents that story. And I think that's just what makes it such a memorable experience uh, i think yes it does help if you, if you have something that's happened in your life that connects with things you've seen in it and experience but still i think despite you know even even if not uh, that game is just clever in so many different and sometimes subtle ways right um but that was shoehorning off of yours um i that's right another one i right right well you know how it goes around here yeah. Um, but uh, one I really wanted to talk about also was um, Shadow of the Colossus, but I feel like that one has been used often, like very mm-hmm. often, almost to the point of cliche. Um, but so what I'd like to do is talk about The Last Guardian because there's not as much attention on that. Yeah. And even so, like even though I've been following the Team Ico, I've been following Team Ico since I first delved into Shadow of the Colossus. Like I, I had full anticipation, full excitement for The Last Guardian, but I had no idea what I was getting into. No idea. And mm-hmm. it I had no idea there was going to be a train in the background. Um, <laughs> but I don't know, man. Like I, I, and I'm never uh, one to shy away from admitting this, but I've, I've cried at plenty of games. Uh, Metal oh, yeah. Gear Solid 3, uh, Walking Dead, um, I, my God, near even like I got emotional at the end of near, um even even near just on PS3 I got emotional at the end of that one, um yeah yeah I I I know I get it from my dad I'm super, I'm just hair trigger like you do the right thing I'm gonna start crying, mm-hmm. um but, um man, with the Last Guardian I've never become a blubbering buffoon, in anything anything 
outside of the last guardian and that was such a funny thing actually because i'm just going crazy just feeling all these things and everything's just oozing out of everywhere and crystals across the room going holy shit what happened like i have my headphones on because i'm you know i'm just trying to immerse myself in this thing and like i after it's all done i rip my headphones off and I'm, i'm still crying it was like a half an hour like it wasn't just the momentary thing through the credits, but it was like a half an hour after the game was done. I was just nonstop crazy leaky, and she looked over and like, "What is going on? I just can't. I can't even. I couldn't even say words. I'm just making noises." Um, oh, it was just insane. Like the, like there is a lot of conversation about that game pertaining to its technical issues, but. When you get to the finer points at the end, like everything that you did with Trico, every stutter, every issue, everything became this sort of like parental endearment. Every mm-hmm. single thing. Very much. And you finished it. You you have you finished it? Yeah, yeah. I, I, it. I didn't even know. You've never said it. You've never said anything. <laughs> Why are you holding out on me? <laughs> sorry it's like, I, like at the end of that year i i got to the near the end of the game at the end of that year and like then didn't come back to it for like three weeks so it was like it was in that sort of december january lull when nothing no one's about no nothing's really happening so i just completely forgot to mention it you hold but yes, yeah, don't do me oh come on I, I finished shadow of the colossus six seven times so, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I was bound to. I, yeah, it's again a special on a different level for me. I, I just think I was so glad to finally see it and play it and experience it and just like you said, the mechanical side of it being so and the technical side even of the way Trico acts just does almost feel too deliberate and because of how it turns out with it. And yeah, you're very right about the parental thing because it's just. Yeah, uh, it's the same way I find with my kids where you know, it's like they're frustrated all fucking shit at times, but Christ, you'd, you'd step on a landmine for them if you had to. It's just because <laughs> this, this, they do something that you just find remarkable, that's not even that remarkable in, in context. Uh, but yeah, you just, you just, your heart swells and you just want to be like, my fucking God. Uh, and and just say if you didn't see that as me just sort of looking to the sky and thumping my uh, fist on my leg there just that sort of feeling it's uh yeah and the last guy is a perfect end to that you know loose trilogy if you will because it is yeah. a very loose trilogy but and yeah it was nice to see it we'll, we'll probably never get a game like them them again you know in the same sense they are just it, it was nice to be able to play you know, Shadow of the Colossus in its new form, and it was they did very well with that. And but yeah, this, the Last Guardian does feel like the final, the end of that sort of ten year, well, fifteen year journey almost. Yeah. I'd say so. Yeah, ten of it being development. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so the other two games come out in the four years. It's like. <laughs> Um, and Gary, I know you, Gary. I know you talked about wanting to play it, so I don't know if I want to throw spoilers around too much. I don't oh, know if you have played don't. it. There's a giant bird dog. Oh, it's Spoiler. more than that, Gary. Ben, no, Mark, Mames, uh, Mister. 
guy. No, don't <laughs> spoil me. it for me. Okay. Because I had something else I wanted to say, but it would be damning. Too bad. So sad. Um, <laughs> too bad for you. I'm going to say it. No, I'm not. No. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, like it all hits that point at the end, and, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not what I expected, but it hurt a lot more than what I was expecting. Um, I've also... I've yeah. heard with that game that um, you mentioned, uh, like, the parental, like, relationship. I heard also that if you've never been a pet owner, um, it doesn't hit as hard either. Like, that, that connection to an animal, like, understanding and having that connection to an animal. Oh, sure. Like, I, I can appreciate that for sure. Yeah, like, yeah. makes that feeling so much more potent while you're playing it because oh, yeah. it feels like a child but it also feels like the animal you loved most in your entire life right because on top of the the investment that the game makes you put into it like you also have that innate sentiment sentimentality that you have from your own life stacking on top of every little intricacy that comes into it and like that compound interest really adds up fast and yeah i can totally see where like if you don't have that connection to an yeah, animal, like, like you're gonna be. Like I actually, now that you mention it, Mark, I remember talking to two people in a GameStop one night as I was waiting for um, Monster that bomb Hunter to blow up. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, um, no, nah, not this time. Not that's different. <laughs> really bad. Uh, but I was talking to two people that were working in the store as I was waiting to pick up Monster Hunter. It was a it was a guy and a girl that were both working at the store and I ended up talking to her at great length about Shadow of the Colossus and she said um, that she only played like you know the first couple uh, bosses and you know every time like it broke her like she's like holy shit how can you do this like there's like the, she I think there's she said something creature. like there's no bitch worth this <laughs> <laughs> I think she said I had a good giggle out of that like there's no bitch worth this and Right. And the guy just looked over and said, oh, I just kill him. I don't care. Like, and she's like, what the hell? Hey, what the hell is your problem? And he said, I don't know. I, I played through the game. I didn't feel a thing. I just did it. It was, it was fun. Like, dude, you know, like, she said, no, well, do you not have any first... empathy for anything? It's just a game I play. Like, you know, there's a word for that, right? <laughs> there's a word for that type of behavior. <laughs> that, that was it. That's, you know, when you get the laziest sort of of criticism you get of Shadow of the Colossus is that oh it's just a bunch of boss battles with an empty space in between it's like that really just does it such a disservice because each battle you you feel the weight of each battle and what it takes you know you are having to put effort into just getting and really actually killing these things it's not as simple as a you know a tap of a one button and that's it you know you are having to struggle and climb and plan your way up to ultimately uh, and it's you know, there's often a point made of stabbing them in the head, you know, which is mm-hmm. just very unsettling in itself. You know, whatever an enemy is, it's uh, I think it's a, a very deliberate design decision on that case. Oh, yeah. oh boy, what a game! What a game! Mm. And it's it's just, uh, interesting the contrast between Monster Hunter, both of those games coming out nor- like around the same time, the Shadow of the Colossus remake and Monster Hunter, where like you're yeah. Both games, you're killing giant monsters, but like the just the tone and the story surrounding uh, Shadow of the Colossus just adds so much weight 
to each oh, kill yeah. while in Monster Hunter, you're like, yeah, I did it. I killed this giant animal, literally not doing anything wrong. Like, I saw it, and I was like, oh, it's time for you to die now because I'm here. And, it, like, the same, not approach, but the same, like, you're just killing, like, they don't need to die technically, but, like, right. just, like, personally the need to kill each creature on both games, just how drastically it changes the tone. Yeah. Mm. On paper, there are similarities. Like, you go to a boss, you kill the boss, you go back. Yeah. Like, yeah. If you're going to be playing the game with a blindfold, you're going to say that those two games are the same thing. Yep. But, yeah, the, the, the deliberate acts of having to want climb everything and it's not just like you know holding up the joystick that you have to maintain your position you have to be able to finagle your way around you have to be able to know when to attack and how hard to attack and not only that but you have to be the one to enact that attack as well it's not just walking up dodging hitting x or hitting square to do a, a attack and you know running away you know whatever there it's it's not just the story that accompanies it. It's also the the actions that you have to take. That you have deliberate. to invest it, and then everything compounds. Those all every one of those actions compounds onto the narrative. So like you you see these things happening, you see the effects doing it, and then ev- and you look back and you go, I did all of this shit to hurt this creature, and this is what's happening. <laughs> Like it's not just cynicism anymore. <laughs> it's yep. more than that, and like you're still doing it because one, you know, one obviously if you're really going to break it down, it's the point of the game. But two, you also have this ulterior motive that's going against your better judgment. Yep. It's curiosity as well because it's like you know that the ultimate goal is to kill all these things and you will get a reward. Yeah. And you're like, I, I want to see how this. I, I want to know how I get a reward out of this. And ultimately, of course, you know, you, you find out, you know, exactly why, what kind of reward you're in for. And it's uh, fitting, I, I would say, for, for everything that happens. Right. And and to quote a GameStop employee, there's no bitch worth this. There's no bitch <laughs> worth this. <laughs> oh, that's great. But yeah. Uh, Brilliant. Uh, uh, so I, I guess we're, we're rolling around again then. That's, uh, I guess, a Gary, I think it was, wasn't it first? Gary did yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. So, Gary, if you've got another for, for the platter. Um, yeah. Um, I was going to talk about The Last of Us, but I'm not going to. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> um I've talked a lot about The Last of Us, and there's other games I want to talk about, uh, like Wild Arms, that had a huge impact on me, but what I'm going to go with um is actually metal gear solid the first on the ps1 oh do go on <laughs> um tim are you telling me you like metal gear solid i would never say that <laughs> i like it it's it's more i would call it my amore me amore yes. yeah um even though three is my favorite of all of them the reason i picked the first one to ha- so much more emotional and it's it's not the fact that the game did so much well and in my personal opinion what makes metal gear solid a masterpiece to this day in my opinion is the villains oh dude easy yeah and the fact that each one 
you felt bad for them. Like, Psycho Mantis, you felt bad about what happened to him. Vulcan Raven, you know, even, like, maybe not Decoy Octopus, because we didn't really know too much about him, but so many of those characters were so well-developed. And when you found out their backstory after you defeated them, you're just like, this fucking sucks. I don't want to kill these guys. And I realized it the most when, um, in my opinion, one of the greatest narrative moments in that franchise, in my opinion, was the death of Sniper Wolf. Mm. And listening to her talk about what happened and the fantastic musical score playing in the background. And you're just like, God damn. And, you know, it's... It, it, it's the, the the character of Kojima. Like, I know I have my ups and downs with him personally. Well, not personally. I don't know him personally, but a lot of things that he does. What he did in that game and for the, all the characters there was just magical. And whether it's, you know, he was a lot younger, so he had something to prove or whatever it was, um, he did in insanely good job at it and you know gray foxes like almost every scene had such a huge weight behind it um you know when with the death of gray fox you know he you know snake thought he was already dead seeing his friend alive again it really took a toll on him in the story and then you know watching him sacrifice himself to to help snake at the end again and it's again one of those moments where you have the the launcher to shoot, but you try to, but Snake refuses to do it. And you know, like it, it's not one of those moments where you have to pull the trigger. Uh, it's more like you can't because you have to watch the scene. But the idea of it, of like you you want to do the right thing, but the character is not letting you do the right thing. Um, and you know, him essentially sacrificing himself. And almost every scene in that game throughout um, just had this huge weight to it. You know, the torture scene uh, with Revolver Ocelot and, you know, his character in general, like his boss battle was awesome. I loved his boss battle. You know, Vulcan Raven talking about, you know, well, he was more of a religious character, but he's pretty much talking about, like, what Snake's destiny is and being right about it the whole time. Um, Like, every character was so well developed and I'll go back to Sniper Wolf for a second like that scene I watched that scene so many times I found it online I kept watching it and watching it <laughs> and I just I felt like that scene was the pinnacle of you know storytelling of a character for Kojima um, and yeah it's always stuck with me and even at the end you know with like you understand in a way Liquid Snake's, you know, anger towards his brother because, you know, he was the favorite essentially in everything and he's like the lesser one. He got the lesser genes as he says. And he was pissed off about it and tried to prove to everybody that that shouldn't have been the case. And the flawed yeah. recessive genes. <laughs> yeah, you know? <laughs> and yeah, to me, Metal Gear Solid just it did so much, not just for Kojima's career 
or for Konami as a company, but for the industry in general. Like that game, in my opinion, single-handedly pushed, you know, full-on voice-acted cutscenes and crazy good cinematics and video games. Um, and he showed that even though you have this limited hardware with enough time, with enough you know, resources and obviously skill in your development team, you can make this incredible cinematic experience that you probably would only see in a movie, but you actually get to play it this time. And yeah, Metal Gear Solid for me. Huge impact. Good shout. Good shout. Yeah. That rolls us back to Mark. Alrighty, so. I'm going to actually change it up a little bit. I'm going to leave it up to you guys. I have three games that I cannot pick from. So I'm going to list them, and you guys are going to tell me which ones you want to hear, which one you want to hear me talk about. Because all three of these games have probably impacted me the most since uh, PS3 launched. And that's um, Bioshock, the original, Mm -hmm. Um, Kingdom Hearts. (laughs) (laughs) Did you say no? Uh, Kingdom Hearts? No. Oh, okay. Then Destiny <laughs> it is. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, dude, I think it should be Bioshock. That's for me. But I also know what's coming, so that's me. Yeah. So what was the third game? Was it Destiny? Uh, Destiny, yeah. Really? I yep. love Destiny, but really? <laughs> it's my uh, Final Fantasy XIV. You know, I kind of want to hear this. <laughs> yeah, actually, I, I, I actually do. I get where the story may go, so I'd like to hear it. Okay, so Destiny it is. Um, so I've never been a big multiplayer guy. Um, Tim could attest to this. We pretty much only played Uncharted 2 and Killzone, um, and that was it. So I've tried getting into multiplayer games before, and for some reason I just got interested in Destiny. Um, and I think, honestly, if I remember correctly, it wasn't until... I went to a PlayStation experience um, and got an alpha code. Um, so I got in real early and it wasn't, it didn't catch me yet. It didn't, it didn't change me as a gamer. It didn't take up all of my time, which like it does now. Um, and it wasn't until uh, right before the Taken King was about to launch on Destiny 1. And I was, I, I don't want to say casual, I was slightly above casual player on Destiny. Um, up until that point, and then somehow I stumbled on a lore episode on uh, on YouTube um, from a, a YouTuber, and I started listening to them. And then I started listening to other lore guys, and then I started listening to all of the lore guys in Destiny. And that's whenever I fell down the rabbit hole extremely hard. I started hunting weapons that had no... Like, I was never going to use. It just had lore purposes to them. And that's whenever I discovered that I don't... I Up until that point, I thought I was story first. Story is the only thing I care about. And to a point, it still is. Um, but I found out that it doesn't have to be stories told to me. It could be just stories of these things. Lore, in general, is what I fall in love with. And Destiny is definitely not perfect. It definitely has had a very rough time and it seems like it's repeating (laughs) going into destiny 2 um but even with all its faults even with all of its problems 
I still found this very close-knit group of friends that I have as a clan, and we have raids every week, and we talk lore every now and then, and I listen to these lore casts. Like, the, the game has extended, not only taken all of my gaming time, it seems, but also outside of gaming. It it didn't impact me personally. It didn't impact me much like, um, Ben, you were saying about Final Fantasy uh, 14. Like, it it hasn't changed me as a gamer. It's be, it's changed what I play as a gamer. Mm. Um, or as a person, I guess what I meant to say, it's changed me as a gamer, but not as a person. Um, and it's it's just like, there. if the game doesn't, it's not even like you guys are missing out, you don't know what you're missing out on kind of a thing. It's more or less like I found the thing that has now taken up all of my time and the thing that I will continue to play until they stop making, most likely. Um, so it's it's more or less I found my game versus you guys are missing out on a game. And it's it's hard seeing that like the casual community come out and I say casual and that's like a dirty word in our industry, but like these fans that are like, oh the that the game was good but it lost me. It didn't have this, it didn't have that. And that's fine. Um, it definitely didn't do what it was supposed to do. But um, it, I see them getting, I see like my, not my clan specifically, but the group of lore guys that I follow, they just get berated on, you like a shitty game. I can't believe you like this crap. And, but like to us, this is much like how people still playing World of Warcraft. Like, that's just their game. It's just going to be their game. And that I, it upsets me knowing that I won't have that. Like what I used to do, like it, where I bought every single game coming out, I played every game coming out. Now it's, if, if it caught my attention enough to pull me away from destiny, like God of War, Spider-Man, um, all these games were it's almost like, oh, I'm going to take a break from Destiny for a month, <laughs> play this game, and then go back to Destiny. Um, that, like, this used to be my I'm going to platinum thing. Like, yeah. I don't have anything to play between God of War and Detroit. I'm going to platinum this game now. And I, Destiny has completely engulfed that. So I can't, talking to, talking about games that have changed us, I can't really not talk about Destiny, especially within the past four years of it being out and changing what I do. No, there is something yeah. in that, Mark. Yeah. I got to tell you, like as somebody who played WoW like a religion, like probably more than a religion because I was actually dedicated to it every day. <laughs> it was real. I would say, yeah, like I was... <laughs> I'm glad you enjoyed that, Neil. I really, I was super invested in World of Warcraft for five straight years. And then I even still played it off and on, if we're going to look at it in relative sense, for 10. I just was insane for that game. And it wasn't just the gameplay and it wasn't just the loot. It was the camaraderie of your guildmates, your friends, like you know, people that you became friends with. It wasn't even a concept of being friends with somebody from a completely different locale until you know the the internet made it possible. 
So like it, it, it not only came with this new game, this new stuff you could do, but it also came with this new identity and this new ideal and this new standard of socialization. And sure, it's not, you know, like pure socialization, but at the same time, if you go to a, you know, just a general hangout, it's always going to be weather and bullshit anyway. So that's, you know, it's, it's, it's in ways it has more socialization in ways it doesn't. So it's, it's just a different way of doing it. And it's, and it's not just the, the idea of playing a game anymore. You're, you're immersing yourself in a concept, in a standard, in a, a totally different life even. And it's not just the game, but the game is that lubricant <laughs> that gets you into all of it. Um, yeah, I, I, and there were plenty of years where I played WoW where it wasn't about playing WoW. Like the only reason I went on to do all the grindy bullshit was because I could ignore all the grindy bullshit by talking with people. And like, it's not even so. Tim and I, you and I have become friends through the internet like we we talk outside we text we do all that fun stuff but like olsen our clan mate our clan leader on destiny um he just had a birthday i cringe at the fact of like the moment we're done playing something in destiny i immediately log out of the party because i get that like weird like oh you're a stranger i don't know what we have in common and i have social weirdness but yeah like I felt guilty yesterday because he wanted to do something on Destiny and it was his birthday the day before, and I felt guilty for not like giving him my time in Destiny. <laughs> and I'm like, this is the weirdest feeling I've ever felt because I don't consider you. I, he's a friend, but I don't consider him a friend. Like he's a he's literally a Destiny player that I play with always, and that's like a strange like break in how social norms usually work and to tim like what you were saying when you would get on and just grind things and wow even though like it was a grind and you didn't really want to or anything like that you feel an obligation to keep your character as best as they can be for whenever the clan says hey we're doing this thing are you in we need you and you're like got it i'm in like my character is ready to do this thing it's almost like my guardian is friends with his guardian and i'm the parent of my guardian and he's the parent of his guardian and i'm like oh i saw you at a store it was good seeing you talk to you later but like while our kids are playing in a playground we sit there at the bench and talk while they're playing and then once they're done playing all right i have to go bye <laughs> oh my god i love this analogy holy shit <laughs> that's that's how it feels it's like oh shit i forgot my I forgot my son's dad's, my son's friend's dad's birthday. I'm going to feel really awkward the next time I see him. <laughs> like, but you would never text the person. You would never hang out one-on-one with them. And like, it's, it's the strangest feeling. And it's changed how I view multiplayer games. Like, I, the hook, like the bar has been raised on what needs to happen for me to be addicted to the game now. Because... If it's not more addicting than Destiny, it's not getting played outside of the story. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That will become the standard. So enjoy enjoying games after that. (laughs) Or not enjoying them. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Like, I would have had had God of War Platinum by now if it was pre-Destiny Mark. But 
post Destiny Mark is like, oh, I'll get to it eventually whenever there's a lull period in Destiny. Like, no. <laughs> but that's yeah. that's probably the game that has recently influenced me the most. Yeah. Uh, and what you're saying about that, you know, how it is the game you play between games almost now, I don't know, which usually takes up more of the time overall. It, mm-hmm. That, that, that segueing in is exactly Pez. what Pez is to me. Wait, what's the lie between? <laughs> well, you said you had nothing else. So. I want to bring up... Uh, I actually want to bring up Fantasy Eleven. That Ooh, was the first online that... game for me. Yeah. Yeah. Is, uh, Final, you, is, is it 14 that's connected to Eleven? Like, it's the same, like... It's No, they're not really connected. They've just got, like, the same character. Same sort of races, but the game themselves have no connections. Oh, okay. Yeah, I remember playing Eleven when I was still at school. I was really socially awkward, even more than now. And it really helped me become... Going from 11 to 14, it's like, yeah. Uh, I remember playing Eleven. I remember. I still remember. I was in quicksand caves with an XP pie as my red mage as my dog <laughs> died in the other room. God. Oh man! Because uh, the dog, my dog, was being put down because he was, you know, ill, and mm. I broke out crying. And so I was, I was still pieing. They're like, "Take a break." I'm like, "Yeah." I was like, "Took a five minute break." Yeah, I still oh. remember stuff. I, I that game helped me through so much while I was still at school, and it, I don't know, the community again. That's why I went. I loved eleven, and why I love forty. I guess why I love fourteen so much. It reminds me of you know the good times I had with eleven. Games help so many things like oh. that whenever you're having like a, a traumatic experience. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I, I I can't talk much because I played eleven on PC, not PlayStation. So oh, I was, was going to say PlayStation, you... so it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the PlayStation gonna... version never got officially released in England, so. Oh. I was going to ask if you got the little like adapter online pack that you had to snap into the back of the PS2 to make it internet capable. Yeah, we didn't get that till after the release, so they just didn't bother bringing it over. That was nice of them. Yeah. I remember paying 120 quid to import the PC version at a time, which would have been $200. Oh, goodness. <laughs> like the conversion billion. rate. Well, yeah, you remember that's like 20 years ago. Yeah, and not only that, but you said you were in 11th grade? I can't remember or what... Not- I didn't say I was 11th grade, I was just in pharmacy. I can't remember how, how old was I. About 14, 13? Yeah, that's a million dollars for yeah, like, like yeah. that age. Roughly. Yeah. There, there would be like saving up three years for birthdays. Yeah, like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah 14, 13 at the time. 13, 14 at the time. Yeah. God. Anyway, sorry, you can go on now, Neil. <laughs> oh yeah, now my, my segue is ruined. <laughs> That's fine. Yay! Yeah, yeah. But to be fair, you say. But to be fair, though, is also a game I go back to when I'm not playing anything else. So, go, Neil. Say, well, segue. Well, you mean much like. Much yeah, like much Pez's. like. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm just going to collect myself now. Hang on. Collect myself means drink alcohol. Hey, no. <laughs> that sounds about right. I was yeah. say, I don't know, meaning anything else. Yeah, good. I'm glad we're on the same page for that. Anyway, Pez. Um, yeah, remarkable. Much like Ben, we sort of dissuade Ben from talking about Final Fantasy too much because he has other outlets. 
I don't tend to talk about pairs that much, despite the fact that it's probably easy to be mentioned every week if, if I could, because I play it every week and have done since what 2001 i think it was when i first played the demo for pet the first pez the, the proper and uh, before then sports games were you know they were they were it's like oh look you can be your favorite teams or teams that kind of look like like your favorite teams and pace them off against Europe. but yeah they didn't really represent the sport they were very well i found you know not just football i mean i found that with Madden, I found that with uh, Mario Lemieux's hockey, uh, I found that with European club soccer, fucking, there's all sorts of shit that, that was at best okay, but never really, I mean, there was. A, I remember a football game that was like top down, that I thought it could have been rugby for, for how accurate it was being football, I think it was Italian 90, yeah. Um, but Pez came along and it's just, it just had the right feel. First time actually felt like the sport like you know if, if you've played a sport before and you love it and you, you watch it and all that it's like at that point i wasn't that infused with football I, I sort of fell out of love with it a bit but i like playing sports games because you know it was different enough this just changed that completely you know i i, I was well back into football because of pets because it just instilled all those that joy and emotion you could get from watching and playing football yourself in the same sense because it felt so i hate to use this word when describing any game but organic yeah in that <laughs> it just, there was no gmos in this game <laughs> all the sweet corn was real i wasn't ready for that <laughs> oh god okay but yeah and this is it for all the years i've been playing it it's never lost that that uh, you know, even this year, where like I'll go into a season and be struggling for a few games, I love that you can still struggle. You know, you play a game and you've been obviously it changes from year to year slightly, but you can play a game and still have it challenge you just that bit every year and still have to fight against it because then you keep that little hook going in your head with like, you know, I, I can fight my way through this, and it's still the most satisfying thing to just. You know, build up a bunch of wins in a row in Master League and just, you know, come from struggling mid-table to just going on a title hunt, you know, right to the end and taking it to the last day and, win, and literally winning the title on goal difference and stuff like that. Oh, it's just, just the best proper sports feeling. Uh, I still, FIFA has not even come close, no matter how pretty it ends up looking, how many licenses they throw at it. Pez, remains yeah konami may do a lot of things wrong but you know the one thing they seem to stick by is pez and it, for the right reasons it is just superb and i think it all stems from the fact that because they've always been having to sort of pick and choose what licenses they can use for teams because of ea right, is that they have to concentrate on how it plays first and foremost above all else because otherwise you just yeah this plays just like fifa but it doesn't have the licenses you could you're not really going to get the same appeal uh, and you know fifa most of fifa's improvements in, in over the years have become are there only because pez exists you know it otherwise as we've discussed on this before well tim has you know you see with a lot of ea's game when the games in sports where they're not challenged they just go into holding challenge but 
they challenge themselves. <laughs> they themselves are challenged. The mid thirteen was great. Why can't we get back to it? <laughs> but now being ignorant to the whole Pez and uh, like soccer football scene. Um, yeah. With Pez, is it is it like uh, MLB The Show where you can create a character and like bring that character from game to game to game to game now? Or is it... I mean, like... yeah, there is a mode for that too. You can you can make a character and uh, become a legend. It's called basically where you create your character. You do it. There's a football game many years ago called Libero Grande where you basically play in a third-person view as the uh, your own footballer you know, on the pitch so you view it just behind your character like most third person games and that's what that mode is like you can play it in normal sort of like tv mode if you want but it, you lose a lot of what's going on and the cursors tell you you know what, roughly what's going on around you but yeah that that's still fun and you yeah you can take that character online you can take that counter you can if you doing master league where you're doing it which is you know you running a club playing as a club sorting transfers etc but you you could buy that player if you want because you know but obviously not worth it unless you've built them up half decent there because they start low at that point i mean christ you can even do free on free co-op games on there but it's just basically where you each take a section of the team and you know you handle it like that and uh, it's, just, it's unbelievably satisfying, you know, like that. It, the two, the, yeah, the two things. I, I used to love it as a competitive game, Pez, because, but that was before the dawn of the internet uh, being a big thing, because you play it with friends, and I have all these friends that you know they play FIFA almost exclusively. They had no idea about Pez, and getting to sort of turn people over to Pez all the time, much like you were saying what you did with the PlayStation Freeze Mark. It's like it, it was so satisfying to see people you know, get it and see the thrill of it and just the excitement it brought when we were playing. It was like like any great multiplayer of, that, of those the, the yesteryear, it was just great to see the arguments and the shocks that could come off. Like people could come in and play a certain way. They could play like in real football. Like tonight, they just had Denmark can play like defensive as fuck and still do well for a bit. People would come in having never played a game of it and and do that and they could hold their own for a bit against someone who was really good at it and it's it created this sort of great dynamic unfortunately unlike your playstation story people eventually just went back to fifa because licenses and yeah that's that's the problem the the greatest thing that konami do allow with this series is that there's an option file which it has a great community for that that make leagues and teams and kits and player faces and stuff so you can keep not only can you make the game as you know, license heavy as fifa with this uh, additional stuff that you can download you can update kits and stuff and faces and haircuts uh, you know more than beyond what fifa will have for, for any given year and it's fantastic then you know konami still implement that as an option in their game you know with a sort of holding their hands up and going look you know if you're getting shit legally for this it's not our, it's not our problem sort of thing but, <laughs> well he just gave but, you the but they allow it. yeah yeah it's like, but yeah for all the stories you hear about konami and how much of you know how bastardry they could be they recognize 
what that game needs to survive and they let it they let it and it it it, it makes me laugh year on year that ea will try everything to undermine you know what konami are doing with pez despite the fact that fifa outsells it ridiculously at this point and like like this year where they, they obviously headhunted certain licenses that konami had had exclusively for many years and they've basically gone into the people, those people, and undermined Konami and sort of gone, yeah, you yeah, know, well, if you don't do this deal with us, we'll have to take this away and that away, and, and basically, yeah, screwed licenses away, and which seems silly, really, when you know you're outselling your competition that much, you want to kill your only competition, the only reason your series will ever improve, because you know there's something out there doing it better in terms of pure gameplay, you know. That's why Madden is failing, and also yeah. I I personally feel why um, now granted the other one sucks, but two uh, K NBA two K why they're mm. continually improving is because the crappy crappy NBA Live. <laughs> yeah, because EA don't learn, and if they they either win by getting all the licenses, and clearly with the NBA they couldn't do that. You know that. Yeah, two K is too big. Yeah, that's it. But this is it because they can because football is such a fucking weird thing and they let licenses have to be exclusive for some reason. Um, yeah, it means that FIFA will hold that and it'll only get harder and harder for any other team to compete because money is getting higher and higher in football now and yeah, you have that money to pay those for those licenses and it will get harder for that to happen for for Konami and yeah, one day it will come. To a point where they go, yeah, we can't really do this anymore, like that. And yeah, I, I hope that day doesn't come for many years yet because, as I said, that game is a game, it's comfort food in gaming form. You know, like this week, even with games to review, even with new games to play, I've probably played more PES than anything else. <laughs> and, and it's so because what you'll do is like, I'll be playing Master League for like you know, season after season after season, and I'll play a couple of games saying yeah i'm just gonna play a couple of games and you'll get invested in the season again and it's just like in stuff happening in that season and getting these players and it's like oh yeah i want to get this guy it just yeah it happens all over again it's like a softly abusive relationship (laughs) (laughs) you know you've got better things you could be doing but yeah something about it that that glint in its eye you know you just can't keep away it seems (laughs) but yeah there you go that's the most I will ever talk about Pez on this entire podcast ever, and uh, until the day I leave, and then that that, that, that whole off. episode, the whole episode, well, half, half on that, half on XCOM, and that'll be it. And great, <laughs> all throughout. So, um, who does that? Who's next? Tim. Tim, I believe. Neil, I would like to proclaim something before I go on. Uh, mm-hmm. I am. I have some people at work who have been helping me, and we're. I'm getting invested in the world cup and Mm -hmm. soccer is something that i've been wanting i've been knocking at the door at but i've never had and i'm kind of a dumb piece of shit like this but nobody's ever like opened the door for me like i haven't had anybody there to like help perpetuate my interest i it comes to sports i I generally can't do it on my own and (laughs) with 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 american football being the only exception i can't like get into any other sport even without anybody else there to like carry me with them because like, mm. it's almost a vicarious experience for me. Anyway, segue aside, um, 
I'm finally getting into the World Cup and I'm getting attached to teams and like the uh, the circumstances and things and like finally getting around some of the rules and the rubrics of the game and I know I've talked about it in years past but to hold me accountable I want to get into Pez this year. Hmm. I really I want to get into Pez this year. I think 2019 will be your best one. Do you have a PS4 Pro? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, then yeah, this will be the best year because it'll actually be designed for it this time. The lighting this year, it, Kojima left one great thing, and it was that Fox engine. The Fox no, engine. No, it, it's yeah, it it, it powers pairs, so it's like it's, that's the legacy of that. <laughs> but uh, okay. oh boy, it does does it justice. Yeah, I'm ex- I'm really excited for it. I I'm hoping that we get like just a mountain of codes. Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, just so you know that analogy that you use that you're you're waiting for somebody to open the door for you. I just imagine you standing outside of like a building <laughs> called soccer and like you're just like looking around at like everybody like can you can you can you open the door for me? Like hey hey no no okay not you you no and the, like you're just doing that like um oh what's his name? Uh John Travolta like confused thing yes. from it's like I'm a meme. Yeah, just looking back and forth. That's all I was imagining through that whole thing. I'm uh, a living, breathing meme. <laughs> we should speak. I guess yeah. I'm done, guys. <laughs> um, yeah, just I just realized we've been going for quite some time. Um, so maybe we'll, we'll just sort of speed up this end process. I, I know we could talk about some games, but uh, if there's anything quickly you'd like to mention that you didn't get to yet, Tim. I, know. I think I just like to mention. Um, Edith Finch. Oh my God! What the? I already did that <laughs> again. I like to imagine Edith Finch again for another hour. Um, no. Um, oh my God! I always forget the first word, but Senua's sacrifice. Gary, help me out. Hellblade. I am Hellblade. Thank you. I always forget it. But yeah. Um, Senua's sacrifice. Like it. It. It touched on a lot of like personal things. It touched on like a lot of like very minute things and it was one of those experiences that i had where it it took all these little things and i I, and on the old time i'm going oh okay 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 this is cool but but what's the point where's it going and it had all of those points like that meet at the end and it felt like such a, a pinpoint profound ending and it was just so good um yeah yeah if you haven't played hellblade I, I start it, uh, but I never finished it. It's just the, the crime of many a game at the minute. <laughs> it's worth yeah. the finish. Long and short of it, it's worth the finish. It's one of those few games that I played where I sat, like, after I like was done playing, I put it down. I was like, oh crap, I think I'm schizophrenic, or I think I'm crazy, or like, like y- you connect so well to her that like. Instead of you being like, oh, I empathize with you, you're more like me than I thought you were. It's more like what I was doing was like, oh, man, I'm more like you than I thought I was. Like, <laughs> and I started like reevaluating my whole life. But yeah, I, the game's good. I like the game a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Just I, I'll mention it on a side note just because I'm reading it at the minute, but uh, there's a horror book by Paul Tremblay build a head full of goats which deals with like partly schizophrenia partly you know, like uh, uh, possession if you will uh, it's uh, fascinating and what it does I have to say it's like 
yeah, I, I would recommend that from what I've heard so far. It's deeply compelling in, in what it does. And it, it just, it, when you mentioned that, it reminded me of it a lot in just in terms of how it was stuff. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Um, but I, I think the only yes. other game I'd want to mention is Valhalla. And I'm going to save a lot of conversation for when it comes out on PS4 because I'm going to go ham sandwich on it. <laughs> yeah. But I, yeah. I really like, play it. Oh, so dude. Man, man, fucking A. That was a profound game that came out of nowhere, and I can't wait to have it on a platform where everybody's going to want to play it, and I can't wait to just pimp the shit out of it. I'm going to save it for <laughs> then. So if you have a Vita, get it right now, because it's out there now. Oh, yeah. I don't, I don't have one of those anymore. I have two of them. I can... Look, I was going to say I would give you one, but I can't. I won't part, I won't part with them. <laughs> uh, that's fine. It's fine. The Switch is my new gear now, so so much so that I bought Lumines twice this week. And uh, oh my so, god! Because God, now when you talk about profound games, uh, yeah, that's <laughs> oh my god! That's, this this podcast took a turn. <laughs> no, oh, sorry. As puzzle games go, yeah, just an aside. That's just a fucking beautiful puzzle game, and I, I, it still stands the test of time. I I just remember loving the sh- absolute shit out of it. It was my favourite thing on PSP for a long time. And just, oof, yeah. It was also it was... great on PSP because it hacked it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, um, anyone else got anything they'd like to throw in into the pot and to make a stew of emotion? Not me. I already... I, I gave the, the last three games that have influenced me out of the ones you guys chose from. So at least everybody knows that Kingdom Hearts and uh, Bioshock are huge influences on me as well. Just, just on the side though, I know you, you were saying Bioshock, and I, I always hear this, you know, uh, why it's so impactful to people. Sadly, I didn't play it till after I played the other two games. So, <laughs> so um, mainly because that was what it was like back then. It was a case of, oh, it came out on Xbox first. Well, I guess I'll be fucking that off forever. And, uh, <laughs> uh, that was my general feeling, and I didn't play Bioshock properly until the remaster collection. I think, but uh, I enjoyed it. But obviously, you know, it's uh, it, it was dated slightly, and uh, I, I still prefer two. Mm-hmm. And in, in, uh, what did you think of Infinite, though? Uh, as someone who, you know, obviously really got something out of the first game. So for me, Infinite was. Story-wise, gameplay-wise, everything-wise, better. Um, mm. But for me, I fell in love with Rapture. So it being in Colombia was um, just too too much for me to uh, fully fall in love with. Uh, it's the Rapture that I already fell in love with. Yeah, I can understand that. It's a really cool place. Uh, just saying, and. The best thing about it was, um, because I played the um, collection, and I played that first, when I went back to Infinite in that collection, I, I played the DLC for the first time. Oh, Buried at Sea so, is uh, some of the best DLC ever. Yeah, I'm glad that I got to play Bioshock before playing that DLC, because, my God, yeah, it's wonderful stuff. Yep. I, just, I just love the crossover of it all and how, it, how everything ties together so nicely. It's great. Uh, yes. Beautiful. Uh, man. I, 
when we went to Paris this week, first thing I thought of was the end of the, that DLC. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, whenever uh, goes to Paris. Yeah, uh, man. Anyone else got anything to add to the podcast? I'm going to take it as a no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> or it's some game that we just can't put into words. Uh, I'd imagine that would be the case. Um, so, yeah, that, that was a, we are on a very long one, but I think we had a good discussion about things. So I think a long podcast is fine when you've got lots to discuss. So my favourite podcast was go for like three hours and they're just talking about two films or something. You know, it's, it's, mm. If you've got something good to talk about, it's all fine. All fine. Um, we need to get Predictions League out of the way because uh, we did that last week and God, it seems like forever ago. Uh, what did we do last week? It was only three of us. It was only me, Ben and Gary. Uh, we did the Crew 2 and the Awesome Adventures of Captain Spirit. Um, crew Electric Boogaloo got 68. Oh, wow. Um, Gary, Gary got, went with 70. So he was close. I went with 74. I was not close. Uh, ben, however, Ben said 68. Ben, oh, man. Get... I thought he was going to be like the obligatory choice. <laughs> <laughs> so you got two points, Ben. Two whole points Yay! for that one. Uh, then the awesome adventures of Captain Spirit was on 76. So, uh, Ben. And you were a bit more out on this one. You said 85. I said 79. There's only three points out. But Gary, you were only two points out on 74. So you got the point for that one. Woohoo! Uh, that means... <laughs> uh... <laughs> you, know, you know, Ben, I, I miss it when you randomly, you know, did the number <laughs> generator and scored everything above a 98. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was his plan for the whole of last season is that he did that, knowing that this time he'd just come give his fucking A game. Predictions, <laughs> as you're about to find out uh, he is controlling everything at the minute because uh, as we stand chris is bottom with one point that sounds about right yeah yeah <laughs> alfonso has two points i have 2.5 um gary has 4.5 now uh tim has five and, and ben has eight eight whole points oh shit i've lost Madness. the least ty you're down by a field <laughs> oh no i'm gonna lose well mark you get to get involved in this uh, and put yourself on the scoreboard potentially this week. Uh, again, we do two games at a time if we can, you know. Um, and this week it is a, either a, a remaster and a loose reimagining, if you will. Uh, we have Red Fiction. Red Fiction. Red Faction. Red Faction. <laughs> <laughs> red Fiction sounds good to red me. Faction. Yeah, I don't know. That sounds faction. so much like our politics. <laughs> oh, zing. True. Guerrilla Remastered. And uh, 20XX, which is, of course, uh, basically Mega Man. Uh, yeah. So, um, kicking off with Red Faction, I suppose we go to our winners. So we'll go with Gary first with this one. I didn't put your name down, Gary, because you weren't originally going to be on. So I, I didn't. Oh, thank but you. But you, you can on. go first. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Red Faction Grow Remastered. Um... Let's go with 80. Hmm. 80. Uh, ben, as you, you were the other champion from 82. last week. 82. Uh, I'm going to go with a far less uh, generous 74. Uh, Mark? One dollar. 
<laughs> oh my god, this is the Price is Right. <laughs> oh, I was confused. Um, I'm going to say 78. 78? And 10. Ah, oh, shit. What do you expect from me? 69. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You do realize this is like one of the highest rated PS3 games. It's fine. Is it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, real, real talk here, I don't remember a single good Red Faction game, but that, that's personally speaking. <laughs> Boo, I loved the first Red Faction. I think Battlefield Bad Company 2 was the best Red Faction game, wasn't it? <laughs> oh my <laughs> god. <laughs> to be fair though, I didn't play Red Faction how you're supposed to play it. I would load the game up, put cheats on. Oh yeah, those are the best. And just that's have unlimited rocket ammo and then dig my way from one area to the other. That's how you played every Justin Metal game up until PS3. That's like the GTA of Red Faction. Oh, the Mass left, Effect. Left, right, left, right, triangle. Circle. Okay. So, second game. Sorry, almost lost my voice. Uh, Tim, 20XX. So, what's. Is it a brand new game? Or is it. It's basically a reimagining of Mega Man that isn't Mighty Number no. 9. So, so good. Okay. It's, I'm gonna say um, seventy-seven. Seventy-seven, dude. Dude, uh, dude. Sorry, I watched Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure earlier. So, oh my <laughs> right on, right on, man. I'm getting music in my ear now. What, what was that for? Oh, sorry, <laughs> Metacritic. Metacritic giving me music because fuck yeah. adverts. Um. Uh, so Mark, that will make you next. I'm saying hmm, 59. 59, dude. Yeah. Always the optimist. Again, right? <laughs> <laughs> you, you did hear me when I said it isn't Mighty Number. No <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it would have been like 10. Yeah. <laughs> 2.2. 2. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like The game wasn't as bad as it got made out. I'll, I'll say that much. But uh, yeah, <laughs> um, I'm gonna go with 79. Uh, ben, 66. Execute order. Is that is that because it's coming home, right? uh, Ben? What? Is it because it's coming home? It's coming home. It's coming home. It's coming home. It's coming. Okay. Mega man's coming home. Eventually. No. Uh, <laughs> it almost feels like we've had to wait. It feels like we've had to wait 52 years for a good Mega Man game. That is true. It's been um, 84 years. <laughs> I'm afraid it's been nine years. Uh, Gary. 82. 82. And there we go. So we'll find out next week how accurate those were, provided people review those games. Uh, I know one of them at least will get reviewed. So, uh, Mega Man. That. Mega Man, yeah, clearly. Um, uh, just uh, another thing to mention that Altered Beast will be 30 next month, and that's a crime that we even remember it, but I have to remember it to tell you that it's a crime in the first place. I'm going to keep remembering that until we get to August, and it's actually 30 at this point because it's. Just, yeah, I was yeah, having I a good day up until you mentioned that, you know? <laughs> well, you know, in this world. Where everything is so joyous and happy and everything is right with the world. I felt I had to mention 
the injustice that is the continued remembrance of Altered Beast. So, Ew. Uh, just to keep your world in check. <laughs> just to keep your world in check. Um, <laughs> because look what happens. Look what happens if we don't remember the horrible acts of the past. Yeah, you make indeed. a really good argument. Holy shit. <laughs> That's a really good argument. We're, we're doing a man who's a werewolf as president or something. I don't know. I, I might be mixing things. Still sounds better than Trump. A bastard Cheeto. <laughs> a Cheeto that no, and there's oh, hair no. A Cheeto that doesn't know it's bad. <laughs> Did you know it's been 23 years since Magic, Marco's Magic Football? <laughs> That's a lot of years. I, I do know that um, Silent Hill 3 will also be 15 soon. So if you want to yeah, the last time that came out in 1995. Silent Hill 3 was a good game. I really oh, want to play yeah. The Room. Don't. That's like the worst Silent Hill. Dude, I've always wanted to play The Room. Okay, go well, ahead. You talk and about the movie of every game. enemy that you can't kill. Oh, Fucking Tommy was a. <laughs> It's mostly because of that room with the big eye in it. Yeah. I, just like it yeah. I did not stare at her. I did not. What, Gary? You like it when people watch you, don't you? Gary, who are you talking to? <laughs> the guy who there I saw people stare at. There we go. There it is. <laughs> okay, yeah. I was going to say, segue-wise, this is a great time to mention that maybe we should move that sort of talk for the anime podcast. <laughs> just problematic talk. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. Another podcast we do on this very (laughs) channel. If you like talk about anime and you like a guy hosting it that doesn't really know as much about it as everyone else, but still hosts it anyway, it's a great podcast full of stuff like like this constantly, which is to denote someone slapping a sticker on something and saying, hey, maybe tone that fucking shit down because it's a tiny bit disgusting. Or slapping someone's bootay. There it is. It's leaking over. Get him out of there. <laughs> oh, God. Again, again, Gary, if it's the remit, you know. It's, I it's think there. Tim should record a video of himself twerking. I agree. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> Snapchat is a thing. I have your Snapchat. It'll be, well, you'll be witnessing a man breaking his back, but... As long as we get the twerking, that's all that matters. <laughs> gonna I'll, did, I'll Photoshop Bane in to the frame yes <laughs> make sure it's really crude because that makes the best memes yeah, it's it just does. gonna be his head and like two drawn hands it's, like how they look like to photoshop Cosmo Kiryu's face on my picture those assholes <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay we're gonna have to share that somewhere because it's amazing it's work of art anyway right yes anyway done that uh, we're doing all the shout out stuff now to end the podcast so I will say yes please Go and rate and review us on iTunes if that's a thing you like to do. If you, even if it's not, just do it. Maybe you'll feel good about it. Like anything in life, try something. You never know. You might like it. And that pretty much... Exactly. It, it, it's a premise of the entire Problematic Sticker podcast. You know, it's like, try something once. You may like it. Uh, a little serial bit too killer much. is listening to you right now. Oh, in, the no, you just... in the making. Yeah, yeah well, yeah, to be fair, <laughs> Gary is in the podcast. You bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Gary, Gary, the signs are there. We can't deny it. Here's your sign. Why are you guys so mean to me? Yeah. I do nothing to it's you. It's funny. 
It's, it's just Shark's laugh, man. It's just Shark's laugh. <laughs> uh, yeah, and also, yeah, Twitter account is Pod Unchained. Go there for barely anything, really, apart from telling you when we've done a podcast. That, that's about it. And even then, it's probably about a couple of days after we do it. So, it, it, I, I'm a busy man at times. I don't always have time to put things out when they're supposed to be out. Oh, that's the way of it. Yes. Pez, yeah. <laughs> hey, I've got all these new films I can watch. I'm going to play Pez. That'll do perfectly. It's like that meme um, perfection. Perfection. Mm, I admire its purity. <laughs> <laughs> Tim, what um, outies? All the everybody's that are listening, thanks for putting up with our shenanigans, as always. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it, so- it, it, it definitely takes a lot, so we appreciate it. Uh, Fonzie, yeah. where you at? Me love you, long time. He's at a baby shower. I, I did air quotes there because that's it's... a female thing. What is he doing? <laughs> Shut up, Gary. It's 2018. Oh my the, god. The guy, the guy is willing to cut a man to survive. So you know, I think we can. <laughs> get... <laughs> he, he's complicated. He can do whatever he wants. He can he can cut a man one day and then make ketchup donuts the next. What? Yeah. And then attend yeah. the baby shower. Yep. So... He's complicated. Leave him alone. He's an enigma. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. The Riddler. The Riddler, yes. He is the Riddler. Anyways, except I don't think he knows the puzzle he's creating. Uh, That that might be the... He's the best Riddler. He doesn't even know the (laughs) answers. Yeah. He's like, even I could contribute to these puzzles. (laughs) Ah, dear. Right. Okay. Uh, Mark. Give us your shout-outs, your, your, Twitter, your Twitters and your, your contact deals. Anything like that. Anyone you want to shout-out to. Um, you can find me on Twitter at LostHeroes13. Um, no spaces. Spelled like the shows. Uh, you can also find me literally probably anywhere with that handle. <laughs> so Anywhere. Everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> literally. Even um, at the mall. Yes. It, honestly, if somebody at the mall would yell Lost Heroes 13, I would immediately turn around and look and say, what? at this point um but yeah uh if you want to i write for a website called mammoth gamers um if you want to follow me there definitely that and that's pretty much all i have yeah well, and now i have to ask you did, did you play the game the the, the here lost yes he did here, the, yeah yeah just wanted to make sure yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's that dedicated yes. yeah that's it legit cool um Ben is gone. I want to make a shout out to uh, Klaus and I bring up Phoenix Down Radio. Shout out to Evolve Malachi, get friends favorite stream at twitch.tv. Shout out to SheHellsITang at twitch.tv. SheHellsITang. Shout out to everyone who's listening on Twitter. Uh, shout out to Mark. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> Thank you for having me. <laughs> ben has the amazing shout outs. Like, he's basically like the end of one of those like Cialis commercials. Yeah. It may cause anal leak. It may cause. <laughs> I'm glad you went to anal leakage. That's the what? only. That's the only good side effect. What? What? I I, I can't see how this show lasted more than two hours. We really can't. Just... <laughs> uh, um, I suppose that leaves us with Gary. Is it not? Uh, yeah. Um... <laughs> Uh, shout out to you guys for having me on. Um, Fonzie, I'm going to hopefully talk to you soon. Um, Chris, for not being here. 
And <laughs> you dick. He's helping his wife. Don't be a dick. That's not how I meant it. Anyway, um, then you can reach me on Twitter and pretty much anything at Gaglaush. That's G A G L A U S H. That is good stuff. I, that concludes us. I I forgot myself for a minute. There. Oh yes, I'm the one that's supposed to end the show. That that is my job as host. Um, yeah, so we will see you again next week where we may have a topic. Even if we don't, we'll be here to talk much of the same shit anyway. So it's yeah. fine. Yeah. yeah, that's what you're here for at this point. I mean, we stopped doing episode numbers for that very reason. So you don't quite realize quite how long we've been persevering with our bullshit. So until next week. And same bat channel, same bullshit. <laughs> Tatty bye. Can we talk about porn next week?